Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite podcast in the entire world. Whenever, wherever you are joining us, we're happy to have you here. We are on pretty much every platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, still getting approved on a lot of things, YouTube, you can find us literally anywhere, and obviously on Twitter spaces, because that's where we do this stuff live. So with that said, very excited for tonight. We have a guest who has amassed 5,000 followers, is super active in the space and runs a lot of Twitter spaces, so a lot of alpha here, a lot of conversation about how to have good conversations in the first place, and her success goes a lot further than just Twitter. So I'm really excited for this conversation, and this is episode two. So with that said, we are joined by the wonderful Ziana. So with that being said, uh, I want to intro by sort of asking you, how you sort of came to this space, sort of a little backstory. You can go as far back as you want, start wherever you want, but you know, sort of how you got into the space where you're at now. Hello guys. I am, first of all, I just wanted to say, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So yeah, um, my journey started kind of very different from a lot of other people in this space. Uh, What I mean by that is I feel like a lot of people were very proficient in trading crypto and or just trading in the stock market um, or shit coins, if that. But for me, what I really liked was just the art aspect of it. I come from a long line of artists. I have family who were professional artists in regards to singing, playing instruments, um, painters, you know, a family who drew very well, sold their art. So I was very excited with this idea of, hey, I want to be able to buy digital art. Um, And then just kind of jumped in headfirst into some projects. Obviously, some of them were rugs. And uh, then quickly found, you know, that money was also in play, which I think money always is kind of an upside when it comes to being able to do something that you feel could potentially either be a hobby or even your lifelong uh, future career path. So that's kind of how I started. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, everyone starts somewhere different, especially in this space. I mean, it seems that people come in through all sorts of tunnels, all like different rabbit holes everywhere. So, you know, it's, it's cool to hear that you went through more of a unique route, definitely went your own pace. And I love to hear that. But we got a ton of questions, honestly, for you. So we were thinking we could just dive right into that. So you know, as you were talking about your journey, we wanted to know what is your why behind your journey? You know, what keeps you, what keeps you moving? What gets you up every day? What keeps you working towards this? So really what's, what's motivating? Yeah. So, um, first of all, I, I've just always been a people person at heart. Um, I, I love people and it might sound really cliche or, or corny, but I think building relationship and networking is, is so important um, for every aspect of your life. I mean, and what I mean by that is, is I've, I've even traveled to different countries by myself and met people on those journeys and still keep in contact with them to this day. So my why is just, you know, I want to be able to push myself and see how far I can go. Um, I love a good challenge, but also, I want to be able to open up doors of opportunity for people kind of like myself where they didn't really have any clear direction. Um, And what I mean by clear direction is safety, right? Um, Or keeping yourself secure and your assets secure. 
job opportunities, networking opportunities. Um, and I'll even go as far as like, if there are people who want to make it to events and I've built a relationship with you and they're dealing with things financially, I want to be able to be in a position where I want to say, Hey, I want to, I want to bless you with an opportunity that I feel like could change your life for the long run. Um, I, that might sound a little bit uh, large and grand, but I feel like if you're not reaching for things that might make you scared, you might not be dreaming big enough. Um, and some people might've heard that and, and maybe not, but those are just some of the things that are my, my big driving um, or driver, because I, I believe that, yes, I do things for my own self, but I also know that if I'm not working hard enough, there's a line of people who are waiting on me to open up doors um, that may not have that chance if I'm not working hard enough. And I don't believe this just for myself. I actually believe that for everyone in this space who's really taking the time to grow. Um, so, you know, it may come off cocky, but I, I'm a firm believer that if you know who you are and you know what you're capable of accomplishing, um, it's it's just bound to happen. So, yeah. That is beautiful, Ziana. Seriously, you know, I can always respect someone who's opening up doors for themselves, but also has in the back of their mind that they want to open up doors for all their followers and the, for their community as well. So that is that is amazing. You know, especially, you know, facilitating opportunities. That's not something easy to do. But, you know, with you meeting so many people, growing your network, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be so happy that you're doing that. So thank you so much. But Pat, I'll throw it to you. So you said something that, again, I think I think so many people talk about. And it's like it is talked about a lot, but it is such a such a strong thing, especially in the space, which is connections. And you said you make those a lot. And it's like it's such a again, it's such a valuable thing to do. I reach out to people through banner design, whatever it is. And and it's that connection that really um builds that good friendship. And obviously, when you have a good friendship, you can sort of bring up anything you want, either just chat or, you know, get more businessy down the line. And I think those connections are so strong in this, this space. And um, I really do think that's something everyone should be doing if you aren't already. I do also want to say you said about people uh, that want to go to NFT NYC or whatever, an NFT event um, in general, and you want to like bless them. And I've met so many people in my life that don't even know I do these NFT stuff, this crypto stuff, this design stuff. And, and I, I would love, and that they're, they're not in like good places in their life. And I really would love to help them out. So I really resonate with that. And I really, again, that's such a great thing, obviously helping people. Um, and even again, going, going back to connecting with them, uh, connecting and helping them in any way you can and sort of, uh, you know, um, blessing them as much as possible. I'll take the, uh, the, the follow-up question here. Cause I actually have a question about, about speaking, because I think it's something I, I personally have had an issue with, so I'm not going to like just go into my whole story because this is the Q&A segment. But I will ask you, Ziana, because I'm very interested to hear your, your take on this, is has Twitter spaces had any impact on your speaking in real life? Because I, do, I did hear you say that you are uh, like you're probably good with speaking. You're around people a lot. You can talk. But just knowing the art of it, when to talk, when to not talk, when to be funny, I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so to be honest, speaking or public speaking of any kind was something I, I've always been extremely uncomfortable with. Uh, I will be entirely transparent. I wasn't aggressive. I, I wasn't the best in school. Um, and kind of like what you mentioned, Flourish, I won't go too deep into my personal life, but um, I did a lot of traveling. Um, and it just, it, it 
it affected me kind of when it came to school. So my priorities were not, you know, focusing in English or trying to learn how to public speak. In fact, I was terrified of public speaking um, with maybe like a small group of individuals. I, I did quite well, but maybe even in this setting in real life, I would instantly clam up. So Twitter spaces was actually my way of kind of pushing myself and challenging myself in a way that I think I, I never expected. And I, I feel like I impress myself every time I'm able to have a conversation on a space because it is just kind of right off the bat, right? For example, I know that we've previously had a conversation and there were some general topics and subtopics, but like a Twitter space, if something resonates with you, you can kind of go on, I don't want to say a tangent, but you can kind of extend the conversation from there, right? Um, and also, I think reading also helps a lot too. So if you, I feel, are struggling with kind of making points or coming up with ideas or being a little bit more fluid in the way that you speak and, and converse with people, reading helps. And of course, the people that you surround yourself with when I spent my time bodybuilding, a lot of the things that I was listening to were a lot of those motivational speakers. And I know some people don't like it, but besides the motivation and the drive that it was giving me, I was also kind of listening to the way they spoke, right? So using filler words was something that I always try to stay away from, even though I, I, I still struggle. Um, and just being very fluid and very passionate, taking your time and thinking through exactly what you're going to speak about. Um, I, I believe taking notes ahead of time are, are really important, but I just want to be able to get to the point where if there's a topic that I, that's being spoken about, I can just, just be a straight shooter, speak about it, know exactly what I'm, I'm speaking on, on um, and just move forward. So in regards to your question, yes, Twitter spaces have helped me a lot. Um, I've, have forced myself to get on stage or forced myself to listen to well-spoken people throughout for the past couple of years. Well, the one thing that you said, Ivy, I'll hit this real quick is that like the, the filler words is huge for me. Uh, I've talked to Pat and Ivy about this. The word like is just the worst for me. And I'll probably say a thousand times this podcast, I'm trying to be mindful of it right now, but, um, yeah, I like what you said right there. I Like something about me, I get equally nervous in front of small audiences as I do big audiences. But I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm able to just accept it because it happens every time. So it's almost like I don't even care. It's just like I'm accepting the fact that it happens. So I really like that answer. And Ivy, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, um, I love that, you know, you really got into the reading as well and how that's helped your articulation, because that's something that really helped me when I started really getting into reading. You know, I started speaking better, started forming my thoughts better, started organizing my thoughts, honestly. So that definitely hits with like really resonates with me. And as well as getting up on those spaces, I had to force myself up on the beginning as well. And, you know, now I'm here hosting with my boys and now we have a great guest. And, you know, not only does coming up and speaking on these spaces help you speak just in general, but, you know, when you're able to speak so well, you can work your way into so many opportunities. So that leads me into my next question, like, for people trying to get a job in Web3, it's not easy. But I was wondering how you landed your partnership director at Operation Zen. Yeah, so I've actually been working in the space for quite some time. Um, Operation Zen isn't the only project that I work for. And just a quick shout out to 
a couple people in this space. I, um, I actually work with uh, Dramedy who's clapping. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of working with Kizzy or Stella, but just some incredible ladies in, this, in the audience. Shiv and I will be working here together shortly. So um, I have actually been working with projects for quite some time and I knew very quickly that I wanted to work. In fact, um, a little bit of a background, I met, and I've told Dramedy this in the past, I met Dramedy through a project. And one of the things I remember asking her for when she actually became a moderator for a very hyped project was, how do you become a moderator? How do you start working in the space? And something that she said kind of always stuck with me, which I feel like I already knew, but wanted to just kind of get confirmation was just, just do something as if you already have that position, right? It's almost as if the idea when you go to an interview, you don't, if you've done your full research on the, on the company, right? And it's someplace that you see yourself kind of wanting to work for a long time or for a long period of time, dress for the position that you want, not the position that you're applying for. So when you are coming into the space and you're, you know, you're a baby and you're wanting to learn and you're making the connections. And after a while, you kind of find your tribe, you find the individuals that you want to grow with and you find a project that you're absolutely in love with, that you want to saturate yourself with, that it aligns with you. You figure out that it's not a rug. <laughs> that's the, that's one of the big things. Make sure it's not a rug. Um, just kind of start taking initiative, right? And the way that you might take initiative might be different from me. I've taken initiative in where I have um, become close with the team. And I've said, hey, I think the, a few of these changes within the server might be really beneficial. Um, there might be some uh, information or communication way tactics that might be better for your uh, community to be aware of uh, at these channels or hosting events, right? Um, right now, a big thing is Twitter spaces. And when it comes to Twitter spaces, not everyone can host a Twitter space. And that's just the truth. So if you have the, if you have someone within your community that is willing to just kind of take that on, that can open up a world of opportunity for you. So um, kind of, you know, I, I don't want to go too far into to my resume because I've worked for projects or started with projects that unfortunately couldn't finish the path of starting um, due to a lot of reasons and when it came to Operation Sin, I actually started off as a community member back in uh, June of last year. I had the pleasure with a community called The Hub um, with myself and a handful of people and came up with the idea of actually running a Twitter space for the project when it basically first launched. And um, we actually had some of the highest ranking spaces. I think the first one had over a thousand listeners in it. And then the last, the the second and third one after that accumulatively had about 1400. So after that, I fell in love with just the lore and everything. And, and um, I actually was shilled about the llama verse community very early on. <laughs> Dramedy's clapping because she loves llama um, and just knew about the, the community as a whole from, from the people that I surrounded myself with. I was very saturated with, with what the ecosystem had been built at, at, up to that point. So I was like, you know what, let me shoot my shot. Let me go ahead and apply for Operation Sin. I actually applied for the, to just be a moderator um, three times before ever even getting an opportunity. Spent time in the server with the community. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be entirely honest, I did kind of step away. <laughs> As most whitelist grinders will do, you know, you get the whitelist and you kind of step away. I'll be honest in that um, area. But I, I did kind of come back. Um, and this is just for me, you know, I. I came back, started spending time with the community and the team, 
And I, I just did exactly what I mentioned, right? I kind of spoke to the team and said, hey, I feel like these are some things that can be changed within the community, within the server. Um, these are my ideas, right? And very quickly, the team kind of saw, hey, you know what? We, we like that you're taking initiative, that you're being persistent. And I just got into conversations, moved very quickly up the ranks, started off as a community ambassador. Um, I think about two weeks after that, was blessed with an opportunity to be a moderator. Um, and once we had our beginning push of um, partnerships and collaborations, I was asked to kind of help with that with a group of, uh, with, with selected individuals on the team prior to getting that title. So again, I was asked to perform a job without receiving a title. And I knew right away that I wanted to manage the partnerships and the, the collabs. I just didn't have the door until it was presented to me in this case. So I said, okay, well, I don't have the title, but I'm going to act as though I'm already in this position. I'm going to carry myself in these conversations as though this is who I am. This is what I'm recognized as. And let's build, let's connect. And very quickly, the team saw that I was able to handle the load, <laughs> handle the conversations, um, you know, be a little bit stern, pull the ropes because, you know, with, with higher projects, there are more tough conversations. You get, you, you got the teeth grinders, right? Um, and that's just the, the truth behind it. And I was asked if I would be willing to take up the opportunity and the position. And I was, I, it was an instant yes for me. It was a goal for me working with Operation Sin. And yeah, that's, that's kind of my journey. Um, hopefully it wasn't too long, but that's just the, I guess the shortened version as to how I'm in the position that I am now. No, that, that was perfect. That's exactly what we want to hear. And, you know, I'm sure the audience love to hear that too. Cause like I said, getting a position in web three is not easy, especially cause you have a ton of people that want to be mods, ton of community managers that want to come and like make an impact on these projects, but they don't realize that they just need to take the initiative, that they just need to do it. So you're a prime example and we really appreciate you sharing that, but I'm going to throw it to Pat, ask the next question. All righty. So this is the last question I have for you this is a little two in one question. Um, I wanted to ask you, since you are super busy, again, you said with the gym, um, with being like being a partnership manager uh, and also running spaces a lot. I want to ask you, what is your normal day of work and how do you how do you manage that and how do you not get like overwhelmed with the amount of, of work you do do? So, yeah, um, a normal day uh, of working. I don't think I have a set way of working. Um, one thing that I have been taking full advantage of is kind of scheduling my day. So I use uh, an app called literally Microsoft To Do, which has been an absolute lifesaver for me. I used to do terrible with physical planners because for some reason I, I just could not keep up with it. So anytime that I have something that is planned, a call, a meeting, I, I instantly go to this Microsoft to do because I know if I don't add it on there, I will not remember. And I'm, I'm a big proponent in this space to respect other people's times, right? For the most part, if you tell me, and I say most because there have been times where I, I've missed things and I feel terrible when it happened, but I'm definitely trying to get better, which, which I know I have been is just respecting people's time, man. If, if, 
you tell me that we're going to have a call at five o'clock. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, unless you tell me, hey, like, I'm going to be running a couple minutes late, show up for the meeting. Um, my, you know, it's a big thing whenever you show up on time. It shows that you respect me. It shows I respect you. And again, it's just the proponent of, of building for the long term, right? Um, so Microsoft To Do is my, is, is my lifesaver. I don't have a set schedule. I, when it comes to Twitter spaces, like for example, with this one, um, it wasn't something that was scheduled like two, three weeks in a, ahead of time, but I will also be okay with saying, hey, no, I can't do that, right? I think it's okay to say no. Um, I used to kind of overbook myself too much um, and it would, it would be extremely overwhelming, not only overwhelming, but then I felt like I couldn't execute the positions or the tasks that I was being asked to do efficiently because I was just spreading myself too thin. So um, I don't have like a normal schedule just as of yet. Um, I know you mentioned the gym. I'm a big proponent of, of the gym and I know a lot of people try to do their best to get it in very early in the day. But, you know, when it comes to being like a true degen in the space, I'll, I'll be in bed most nights till two, three in the morning or at two, at two or three in the morning. And I will try my best to wake up between like 8.30 to 9.30. However, you know, I, I'm not going to the gym right away. I have, um, a, for the most part, a routine I like to take care of. And then after that, jump right in. As long as I'm getting to the gym right now and I'm, and I'm putting my all into it, that's what matters. Um, because I know that I'm, I'm going to get my results and it's going to help me mentally, physically, emotionally, and, and everything in between. Um, so just to kind of answer, I think the second part of your question was, how do I, how do I not get overwhelmed? Um, I can't say that I, I don't get overwhelmed, but I have, I, as I was explaining, I have a, a weird schedule that I feel like it's not perfect from like A to Z, but it works for me. I have definitely had my moments and actually it happened probably towards the end of last year where I thought I was really just going to be completely burnt out. I was extremely overwhelmed. There was a lot going on um, in my personal life and, and within the space. And I was just extremely anxious. Um, I, I spoke with a very good friend of mine, Kizzy, and, and her and I are very close when it comes to being open and transparent about these things. And like, I was just, I was just struggling, you know, and um, we spoke about it. And, and she was like, just, you need to take some time off. And for me, I, I don't think I've taken any time off unless I've been sick, which I was last year. And even then I was, I was working. Um, for me, it's more of like, well, if I take the time off, how much am I going to miss in the space? Right. Um, or I can choose to dig in deeper and work harder and think about just the, the reward down the line. Um, it may not work for everyone, but for me, it's worked so far. <laughs> So I think I just kind of dig myself in deeper. I remind myself of my why, my reason for working so hard. Um, and, and that's just a massive driving factor as to why I've continued to push and really just not stopped since I got into the space a little over a year ago. So um, 
again, you you started off talking about the schedule, and I want to go back to that real quick because I think I resonate with that the most. I am so unplanned, and I need to get better at it. I need to use these the calendar apps. I actually just got an app called Flow that sort of just you know um, runs like whatever you set a timer basically, and it will just like you know you move on to the next thing after you just keep moving on until you know you get your work done. Um, but again, you were talking about the gym for the schedule as well. Like I, I, I've never been an early goer to the gym. Uh, it's definitely, um, it's definitely hard to wake up in the morning and go. And there are nights where I feel like I just, I didn't hit a, a workout or anything. And I think that is, um, I can really resonate with that. Again, you also pointed out, uh, sort of saying no to things and especially like you're fine with saying no to something like a week in advance. If you know, you have to hop on a call or something and you like, and it's, it's, uh, I've seen tweets about it and I've seen motivational clips about it, how like no men are better than yes men, meaning, you know, like you find more value out of the, like you want to convince people that say no often because their, their opinion is usually more valuable. Cause again, if they're saying no to a lot of people, it's a lot, it's a lot harder to get a yes from them. So when you get a yes from them, um, it definitely is a, a very strong feeling. And again, you can, you know, you can go far with that. Uh, you also, again, ended this by talking when obviously asked the question about burning out. Uh, I think everyone resonates with that. It's like, it's, it's great to see even influencers such as yourself that, that do get burnt out. And like, even though that is not a great thing, it's great to see that, you know, like we go through the same process. A lot of people get burnt out in their, in their own ways. Like I'm, I, I, there's a D there's a DJ I know in the audience right now. I'm sure he's got burnt out trying to make, make music. Um, I've, I've definitely got burnt out trying to make designs. Flourish has definitely got burnt out probably making tweets. It happens to everyone. And it's such a great thing to see that influencers such as yourself, again, uh, you, you go through the same process and it is about just finding finding what works for you and then sort of pushing past that burnt out feeling and obviously managing your time. Well, again, as we said, with scheduling that kind of ties in there. And, um, I think that's such a good point. Um, I'm really glad, I'm really glad you gave your insight on that. And it's, it's though it is upsetting to hear that you do get burnt out. It is definitely, um, a relief for a lot of people knowing that these influencers, these top influencers do have the same problems and it's just about getting over it. Um, but I will pass it to flourish to end the segment. Yeah, so that is going to wrap up. So we had the backstory, we had the Q&A, and now we are going to move into our fun little game segment. So this is really chill, pretty laid back. So with that said, let's transition. Welcome to the game segment. Ziana, prepare to answer rapid fire questions. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Welcome to the game segment as you heard today we're going to be playing non-fungible fact we're going to be asking three questions that are not too hard they're about the nft space but you know i'm pretty sure you got this you know i'll start it out really nice and easy and slight on the first one so for the first question what is a non-fungible token oh my god this is terrible i, I... <laughs> I can't answer this. This is so different, and I'm going to get shunned heavily for this question. <laughs> it's oh all good. God. It's all good. I can read out a few options, actually. I got I, you. I mean, I can tell you what it is, what I think it is. I mean, it's, oh, that's it's, perfect. I mean, it's, it's, I think, well, for me, it's a unique digital identifier. It just can't be copied. So when you try to, like, write, click save, 
it's not the same. It can't be like subdivided. It's just always on the blockchain. Hopefully that's, that's like the shortest answer. <laughs> that was a perfect answer, actually, like completely correct. You know, the correct answer we have written down is a unique digital asset that represents ownership of a specific item, such as a piece of artwork or collectible stored on the blockchain. So I think you got it. You hit it with the unique part. So that's all you need, really. Lovely, lovely. All right. I'm throwing it to Pat to ask the next one. Alrighty, the next question we have here, and I will give you the, the options to make it hopefully a little bit easier, is um, what makes NFTs different from traditional cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin? We have either one, NFTs are similar to traditional cryptocurrencies in that they can be traded and exchanged. Two, NFTs are only by bought and sold by certain people. And three, NFTs are similar to traditional cryptocurrencies in that they are set values and four NFTs are unique and cannot be replicated. Whereas traditional cryptocurrencies are fungible, meaning they can be interchangeable within others. So yeah. What is, what is your, uh, what is your answer there? Oh my God, my memory. I, I'm going to go with, <laughs> I'm going to go with D. I think, I think it's D. Oh my God. The correct answer is D, which is four. So you got it right. NFTs are unique, are unique and cannot be replicated, whereas traditional cryptocurrencies are fungible, meaning that they can be interchanged with each other. So I'm going to throw a little clap up for you for getting that question right, and I will pass it. I will pass it to Flourish to ask the next question. All right. So this one should not be as hard. It's not as long answers. And if you'd like, Gianna, I can play some super intense music while you think. I could give you a little bit of time to think on this one. So I'll end the question, play some intense music, and we'll get your answer. But this one should hopefully be uh, a little bit easier. So the question is, what is the name of the blockchain platform that has become the most popular for NFT transactions? Is it A, Ripple, B, Ethereum, C, Litecoin, or D, Bitcoin Cash? Oh my god. Um I'm just gonna go with Ethereum. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go with Ethereum. Ethereum. It is Ethereum. Very good. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to notice that I may be overthinking some of these questions, but here we go. All right. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, that is gonna end our extremely quick game segment. So Ziana did pretty good there three nft related questions that was non-fungible fact and with that said we're going to get into our next segment Alrighty, so we are moving right into the value talk. This is where we're going to have sort of like a dinner party conversation, hence the uh, the name of the brand. We're going to all collectively talk 
about uh, a main topic, a central topic, and that is that topic will be communication. Uh, again, Ziana said she does uh, do partnership management. She does run on sp- she does, does spaces, so you can kind of tell that a lot of that runs on communication and talking with others. So that is the main topic we want to cover here. Um, we're going to pass around the room, and I want to pass to Ivy to ask the or just I guess start the first uh, first portion of the value talk. Ask the first question. So you've said this before that, you know, spaces, you're super passionate about them. You said that they're super important. And I kind of wanted to dive in to everyone's opinions on this as well on why do you think spaces are so important? And, you know, why do you think brands are going to need them slash want them? I love, love, love Twitter spaces. I mean, just from a basic standpoint, this right now, right, it gives an opportunity for people to kind of network, maybe shine a light on people that Otherwise, you would have no ability or access to them other than maybe a Twitter space. Um, You're able to, for projects and brands, kind of spitfire information and updates in regards to what may be happening. Um, You know, I love Discord because I feel like you're able to just create closer bonds within a voice chat in a server. However, with Twitter spaces, I've been able to expand my network. I've been able to ask the hard questions for projects. I've just been able to reach, again, people that I would not have had access to otherwise than in, um, on like a, a Twitter space, right? I'm able, I've, I've been able to become familiarized with, you know, blue chip projects, with projects that, you know, I, I have an interest with. And I just, I think it is still so underrated. You see a lot of these Web2 companies kind of coming in Web3, um, and my biggest thing is you need someone who is, is like your PR person, right? Who knows the ins and outs of what's being produced in your project and in your brand, and who's willing to create a Twitter space and say, hey, this is what's going on, right? Um, and if you allow it, bring up some speakers to ask you the hard questions or to build your connections, right? And I, I, I just... I could go on and on and would just love to kind of hear your guys' takes, but those are just kind of my, my main takes when it comes to Twitter space. Those are like great. And one of them that I actually like really resonate with is like being able to meet so many new people. Like you can just host a space and out of nowhere, some random guy is going to come in and all of a sudden you're forming one of the best relationships in the space. So I really resonate with that and I love it. And I actually wanted to hit on the brands and like the companies. I think they're really missing out on this powerful tool to get feedback. I mean, feedback is so important for any brand to make their products better, to make their community better. And they have the best place to get it, which is right here. Anyone can come up to the stage. We can just keep cycling through and just like get as much feedback. I think brands are super missing out on that and they should hop on it like instantly. I know Web3 brands are doing it well, but that's like something that I really think that they need to help or they need to hop on. And then interacting with the community in general, like just forming the relationships from the top down, but also horizontally. What I mean by that is like, usually your community is not interacting with each other, but when they come up on spaces, they're kind of forced to, you know, you got the founders there talking on the stage, but you also got all the community members just chatting it up and then they might connect. They might realize that they relate on things in this space. So it's really just a great place to connect. And I I loved your answer. So thank you so much. And I'm going to toss it to Flourish. I know he's got some great answers. Yeah, for sure. I'm just going to kind of reiterate what everybody said here. The, the live element that Twitter space brings, I think, is absolutely huge. 
Um, obviously, it started with Clubhouse. I wasn't even on Clubhouse. I don't know if that was like when it was in, in its starting phases, like the invite only phase. But I actually forgot about it. I got into Twitter spaces maybe a few months ago now. I know, Ziana, I think you said you've been in it pretty early. I, I think I remember you almost saying a year ever since it started. So you've been in the space way longer, which is amazing because I think even now, I think we're still early to this to this tech and this thing that most other platforms I don't really see doing. I think it's just because most other platforms um, are a lot more visual, I think. And Twitter being reading and content like this isn't really, you know, like a live stream. It's just, you know, our audio. So I like to think of it as like a live call in. Like I watch, you know, Gary V and all these these influencers, you know, where they actually call Gary V up live. And I see this is the same thing. And I think it's super cool that you can, you know, have, I don't know, maybe like Elon Musk, right, on a space. And you can just go up and talk as if you were like in a conversation with him on some kind of zoom call or like, it's just wild to me that we live in a time where you can do that because when you do these live streams and you join live streams you're in the chat you're not actually um you're not actually talking with these people so i think it's so cool that you can actually you know have a voice and go up on the speaker panel and we actually just implemented that we talked after last podcast with eclipse and we want to run like a live q a at the end so we're just pretty much going to run the podcast like normal. And at the end, we'll just bring up people to ask questions, which is something, you know, that I would say is a Twitter space uh, exclusive thing. So I'm all for it. I love the live element. I think it brings a whole new uh, thing to podcast too, which is why we're, we're trying to leverage Twitter spaces, but that's just my take. I'll throw it to Pat and see what he thinks. Uh, I feel like, again, a lot of people are for Twitter spaces, at least the ones like especially influencers, you know, upcoming influencers. I don't see brands doing that as much. And I really wish I did. I think it's such a valuable thing um, for two reasons. And I'll get into them. I, no one really touched on these, I hope. So I'm hopefully, you know, pro- providing my unique uh, my unique opinion here. Um, it does show your diehard followers. Like if you're getting likes on a tweet sure people might follow you but if you have people joining your space and staying in an hour-long space to hear your either if you're a brand and you're announcing something um to either hear that and stay in that space for a while or even listening here and uh, again hearing ziana it shows the people that do want to learn from you know your brand from your from your influencer standpoint and i definitely think it's such a valuable thing and the other the other one i wanted to say is i think it's said a lot how like um talking is so much better than text especially on twitter because when you when you send out a message or you send out a tweet uh obviously you have a word limit right so if you're making announcement if you're a brand making some crazy announcement you might not have enough characters to send out that announcement and it's also going to hit that much stronger if it's said um and i think i think that's where brands can utilize it by making it something where when again if you're announcing something or even if you're just talking it's so much stronger on a space than it is through a tweet and i think that is um i think that's such a such a key point and something that brands even influencers uh and just i guess just gen- the general web3 public should learn uh to do themselves and i do want to pass it to ivy to either end the segment or you know well not end the segment but um sort of bring up a new topic hopefully Oh, yeah. No, we got it. We got it in the bag over here. So as we're talking about why spaces are so great, I was curious, who are your guys' favorite hosts or what are your guys' favorite spaces to go to? My favorite, personally, is my guy, P.O. You know, I know a lot of people can relate with this. 
he is just the goat. He's been running the NFT morning show for so long and like the nifty morning show. Like it is just perfect. He has, he's great with the hands. He's great with keeping it fresh, keeping the room just nice. Like, and he knows how to deal and manage everyone in there. So that's hard to do. And I was curious, who are your guys' favorites? And I'm going to throw it to Ziana. Ooh, I have a list. I actually wrote a thread a while ago and I need to actually create a new thread. So I'm going to just kind of spitball this. Um, so Monday through Friday in the morning, there is coffee with Captain. Um, after that, there is going to be Ryan Carson's Twitter space. Um, around the same time, you have Sansa, Shotgun, and Zimmy or Benny sometimes that run the espresso um, or morning shot show. And then um, that's run on a daily basis. There's a Twitter space <laughs> held by um, some guys named Murr and Mamba called Eminem. Um, there's uh, Kizzy's space. She's in the audience. Um, look for her spaces every Saturday at 11 a.m. EST. Love it. It's a daily space. Um, I actually started recently hosting a daily space on Thursday with Shiv and Sansa called The Playbook. So, of course, that has to be one of my favorites. And I will also soon be starting a, a space. She's not in the space, but there is a woman named Kaylin. She is incredible. We will be starting a space together. So I definitely uh, am looking forward to kind of uh, seeing you guys there as well. So those are some of my favorite Twitter space hosts. Um, just some incredible value con uh, being produced on a daily basis. It's, excuse my language, it's not bullshit. You're going to actually learn something when you go into these spaces. You're going to walk around, you're going to walk away knowing and learning something and actually building connections through these spaces, right? You have an opportunity to get to know people, get to meet people. Um, and I can go into the details as to why I love each space, but I won't do that. Um, that's just kind of spitball fire. As you can tell, I'm kind of a, <laughs> a space host or a spaces uh, maxi, if you will. Oh, wait, hold on. And I forgot to mention out there that Chris in the audience, because I looked at my, <laughs> I looked in the audience and he does a space. I think it's called STB. Um, also, please check out his spaces. Um, they're also amazing. It's, I think it's STB radio. I might be incorrect. Um, Flourish, I believe that you host that with him as well. And obviously the dinner, <clears throat> the dinner party show, obviously my, my favorite. There's too many spaces, guys. But those are some of my favorites. Um, if you don't know all of them or you want to know, I will happily send them to you in a DM or look out for my thread tweet I should have created last week and have not yet. <laughs> but yeah. The dinner party better be the favorite space. I, I really hope that you got to say that, that you're on here now. Uh, obviously, I'm playing. Um, again, you said stuff like espresso shot. Again, I haven't really joined those. I have seen those running. I think I actually joined one once. I, I feel like I need to get um, better on joining spaces. I'm not in a lot of spaces that much. Uh, again, STB Radio, you were correct with that. Um, unfortunately, I think that's run a little early, so I'm not able to join that one. But again, Chris, such a cool guy, super valuable. Um and those those uh the spaces you talked about again you 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 are clearly a space back so again i feel like your day's got to be you know scheduled really well because you're hopping around all the time again ivy mentioned uh po I, i've seen him i've seen his banner again like he has a whole schedule for his stuff so i haven't really got, gotten to join the spaces unfortunately i think i'm gonna say that with a lot of people um 
but I do, I do think he has a very good way of scheduling it, a very good way of running it. And I do, I do want to touch on my favorites. Uh, I do think that I don't want to sound generic here, but I do think the NFT God champ one is valuable. Again, you do have to listen to that um, pretty directly to, to get that sort of value. It's not like somewhat like multitasking type thing where you can just, um, you know, take value and do other work. It's kind of like you, you should be fully like focused into what they're saying. Cause again, champ super successful guy again runs brands himself he's he's super valuable and nft god built his own brand he's posting tweets threads newsletters uh he's doing so much and again he just dropped his you know one percent only um so that's such a uh they're, they're they are definitely two great people to learn from and again i don't want to be generic here but someone that always brightens my day and sure his space i don't want to say his spaces aren't valuable but they're not like nft god valuable it's more positivity gentle t gentle tornado lived live lived hype whatever whatever um whatever you call him he he's such a pot i i unfortunately can't join his spaces a lot because i literally get home like the moment his spaces end so i can't get in them um when he runs them i really should start trying to just like get in them as much as i can because i feel like sometimes i'm like i probably could hop in near the end but i never do just because i feel like it's our own probably are almost over um but his spaces are so positive and everyone just talks about like what they're grateful for uh you know he talks about enthusiasm positivity what keeps you going there's a lot of there's a lot of things he talks about and it's it is for me at least it's a mix of those valuable talks that NFT got in champ bring. And again, people like um, Chris on STB radio bring and uh, mixing that with that sort of just like chill vibe, like that um, positive vibe. There's no like, you know, there's no, you don't need to be fully focused. You don't need to be, you know, writing. You don't need to be taking notes like in the NFT God space that I'll do every now and then. Um, but it is just, you know, just relaxing, chilling, just talking to people about what they're grateful for, you know, and how everybody has that, um, that sort of positive mindset. And I think that is, uh, I think that's such a, um, such a great thing, especially mixing certain ones like those. I do want to pass it to Flourish to hear his thoughts. There are a lot. I also, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I also have a list. Uh, I was just writing it while I was on mute here. Um, obviously have to hit it with Chris STB radio, absolutely legendary space. If you guys are there for that, he runs that daily. That's, that's on Spotify. That's on everything. Super good space. Uh, I see, or I did see, yeah, fetch is out there in the audience. I actually haven't gotten a pleasure to really speak to fetch as much as I want to, but I've heard from multiple people, uh, great host, great to talk to. So excited to speak with her in the future. Uh, flea runs his occasional space. I really want to hop in those. He's he's pretty funny to to hear his thoughts. I don't know. He's he's just he's good on the fly with jokes and stuff. So enjoy him. Shiv, I mean, how could you not love Shiv? I mean, his voice, like I don't know. Like I'm not gonna lie, I just want an accent like that and I'm kinda jealous. So I just gotta throw that out there, Shiv. Um, Sansa obviously is a classic. I used to be in his generational health spaces. I don't know why I got out of those. I've not been in, in as many spaces as I would like to as of late and got to throw in gentle T dude is a legend. I'm telling you, if you want to feel like you just took like 10 shots, join his space. It is 15 minutes of just screaming. It's, it's intense. It's, it'll make you feel grateful for everything you have. So that is an amazing space to squeeze in your day, which I have to do more often. 
So before we transition into the next segment here, I actually want to hit you with one last question, Ziana, quick question. Uh, what to you makes a good space host? Because I know you've co-hosted with a lot of people. You've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of people. And I'm just wondering, now I imagine it's a mix of things. It could be, you know, because I've written down here, are they able to articulate thoughts well, transition topics? Are they funny? Is it a mix of everything? I'm just interested to hear what uh, what your thoughts are and what, what makes a good Twitter space host. I love this question. So yes to everything that you just said. Um, I think being adaptable is also important um, and kind of being quick on your feet and be obviously being able to speak well. And I actually had a prime example of it today. And Shiv, I'm going to have to use our space today as an example. So we had our um, weekly space and Shiv being the host, unfortunately, Twitter kind of rugged him and he was only able to hear a handful of our speakers he actually couldn't even hear me. So, you know, we were obviously chatting in the back end and we were communicating. And because Sansa and I are able to kind of vibe with each other, it was, it, it flowed well, right? And it was actually hilarious because he could hear Sansa, but he couldn't hear me. And it was, it was funny because Sansa was yelling at Shiv as if he was kind of the old grandparent across the room with their earpiece turned all the way down. It was, it was hilarious, but um, I think it's, you know, being able to control the room. Um, if, if Twitter rugs or something happens to one of the hosts or co-hosts, you know, being able to kind of pick up the slack in that moment is important. Um, communication, right. Coming up with ideas, being adaptable is important. Um, and willing to take accountability is I think is huge and kind of asking each other the tough questions um, and keeping each other accountable. Right. So um, obviously the, the conversation about like not always being the yes man is not, is not the greatest thing. Um, I always kind of am okay with being pruned. So I'll ask, you know, Shiv and Sansa, Hey, you know, what's up? Like, how was it? You know, yes, things may have been funny, but I want to know how things are actually going. Is it, is it, do I, did I need to work on something better? Did I not do something that I said I was going to be doing during the space? Um, is that important? And also, and I'll, I'll just kind of stop here, is how well do you vibe with each other, right? Is it awkward? Um, for example, again, it works well between myself and Sansa because, you know, Shiv has this very smooth operator, you know, tone towards him. Sansa is you know, loud monologuing, he's funny, he can mute people, right? And people accept that. I'm kind of the balance in between the two, <laughs> if you will. So it just works. Um, and it takes a little bit of time to kind of find that that balance amongst your host and co-host. But once you find it, um, don't let it go, unless you're not going to host consistent spaces. So yeah, that's th those are my... Um, takes on, on basically what makes a, a great co-host or a host rather. Yeah, I can, I can agree with a lot of those. And I love the connections that you're making, especially with your space. I mean, it's always nice to hear your experiences, especially because, you know, you're doing it so much. So thank you for that. And like you brought up a great point with being agile on the space. You know, when something goes wrong, when someone's getting rugged, because we've all experienced this, the spaces UI sucks, Elon do something, but you know, someone gets rugged and it's your time to take the mic, keep the conversation flowing. And you know, that's a lot of pressure. 
but you can do it. So I love that you brought that up. And, you know, when you're a Spaces host, you need to be able to do that. And it's also really important to know the tone of the space. You know, maybe it's not a space to be funny in, or maybe it's not a space to be, you know, super serious in. So I think that's super important, especially to be a great host. You need to understand the vibe, the tone. And uh, I'd really love your answer. Thank you for that. And I'm going to throw it to Flourish. Yeah, I'll hop in here. Uh, to what you said, Ivy, we all get rugged from time to time. Elon does actually watch this podcast. He did leave a comment on our YouTube video. So I told him to fix that. I thought it was a spam account, but I, I think it actually would be the real him. So uh, another thing I want to work on, which I, I actually, I don't want to like talk to Flea about this, but Flea's, Flea's the prime example of somebody I think who knows, like he has no etiquette with like hand raising, but hand raising is is not really needed. So you can really judge a Twitter space and know when you should and shouldn't be raising your hand. I admire people who can just have the nerve, sort of not in a bad way, but just to go off mute when they know they can, because I'm I'm the type of person who will co-host and raise my hand as a co-host. Uh, I know, like I said, Chris is in the audience. He knows this. I will I will have to wait for Chris to call on me with my hand up while I'm co-hosting. So that that's something I got to work on, just knowing when to when to speak. So I have etiquette, but I, I'm starting to think it's better if you just don't and you just know you can judge when to go on and off mute. So, Pat, I don't know if you have any uh, final thoughts on this topic. So I just got to say this. You brought it up. Ivy brought it up. Um, I am basically I'm always I'm in a constant state of having a rug under my feet. No matter what audio platform I'm using, whether it's Discord or Twitter, I'm I'm get I get rugged a lot for some reason. Either you either can't hear my audio or I get kicked. It's happened before, especially on Twitter spaces. Um it's 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 crazy. And it is like that that adaptation that you need to be able to um, especially if you're co-hosting, you have to be aware that like if again, Elon, please fix it, but like if this does happen. You know, you have to, your co-hosts or your speakers have to be ready to sort of run it for you. And I think that's, um, that's something you just have to be aware of since obviously Twitter spaces, I don't want to say it's new, but you know, it's only been around for like, I don't know how long now, but you know, it's, it's, it's relatively new, still being worked on a lot. Um, so I definitely, I definitely think you do have to be able to adapt. I also want to bring up, you said, um, sort of having that, I actually, Sorry, I can't remember exactly what you said. I have it written down here about like the balance. I think that was what you said. The balance of being um, sort of laid back and like funny, but also keeping the sort of prof professional vibe. Um, and I think that's such a great thing that I want to bring to this space. I'm sure many want to bring to their space. Because again, if you're talking with someone professional, even though you, you want to hit and stay professional throughout the whole thing, you do need those, you know, those funny lines in there, something to keep it more... Um, more playful something to keep it you know sort of give more character to the space and i think that is just um such a great way to to run the space as like a funny and uh valuable space because it just makes it more enjoyable to watch or listen to really um but i also want to touch on obviously the main question what makes a good space host and i'm new to this so i really want to want to get better i feel like i have those like you know those fill-in words that flourish said like like <laughs> i just said it uh but i do think I do think that is just simply hosting, right? So I don't think you need to do so much research before getting into it. Obviously, listen to people that are good at what they do, such as yourself, Ziana. Um, but it is simply just hosting. 
doing just running your first one obviously talking with people whether that's whether that's just a talk or you want to get more into like a segmented professional um podcast like type space like we're doing now uh i think it is just it is just starting it is just sort of um just getting that first just making that first step and uh kind of seeing where it leads because again the only way to get better at public speaking, again, you did say reading, but I think the main way is just to public speak. The first time's going to be bad. You're going to have to get through it. But the more you keep going, even Chris made a tweet, I think. I just replied to about this morning about his um his old writing and how it wasn't, he said it like it's kind of cringy to reread some of that. It's the same way I feel with like old designs. It's like it hurts to to look at that old stuff. But once you start that that though it might be bad, it is the first step to becoming great at um at that uh that sort of idea, whether it's you know design, whatever it is, especially you know space hosting. So I want to f- throw it to flourish to sort of wrap up the segment. Yeah, so that was the value talk. A lot more of our inputs, probably too much of our inputs for most people. But with that said, we are going to get into the final segment. It's it's sort of its own short little uh, summary, which is what the future holds. So let's get into it. So judging by the name, you can probably tell it is about what the future holds. So Ziana, I want to ask you, what can people expect from you? Uh, you're obviously, you've been active on Twitter for long. You're not going anywhere. You're just running more and more spaces, it seems, as the weeks go on. So I just want to ask you, yeah, what can people expect from you? What do you think the future holds for you, as the name of the segment is? Ooh, this is a really saucy question. Um, so I think just expecting definitely being more... Um, proficient in Twitter spaces, um, hopefully being able to open up more doors of opportunity for other people in the space and just making more connections. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll be in, in the coming up NFT events. So hopefully I get a chance to say hi to some of you guys and meet you in person and give you guys some big hugs. Um, but I guess those are, are some of the big things that, you know, you should kind of expect. Again, I, I'm working for a handful of projects. Um, and I'm just extremely excited and blessed to be a part of these projects with the teams that are behind them. So, yeah. That's amazing. You know, we're super excited to see the impact that you make on this space. I mean, you're already making huge dents and we can't wait to see the earthquake that you make, but you know, as this was been a great space, I think this is a great place to wrap it up again. Thank you everyone for coming. Thank you, Ziana, for giving us your time. You know, this has been one of our favorite spaces so far, even though we haven't or we've only done two. It's been amazing. We learned so much. I hope you guys did, too. It's been the dinner party and we're out.